April 7th, the hideaway in Jackson, Mississippi. The Silver Age of... Stir dust begins. So I ain't been like, like shaved headed for very long, but recently this weekend is the first time I've experienced being sunburned right on top of my fat bald head. <laughs> How did it feel? Not good. I didn't know what was happening because I've not been sunburned since I was like 11 years old. No, despite how pasty white I am. And I never even use like sunscreen or anything. Like I, I, it's probably really, really bad for me. But then again, I avoid the sun pretty deftly. I don't like being out in it at all. So I, I stick to the shade. Like you know, when outside, I stick to the shade and and stuff. And I don't, I don't that even good, dress. That good old with British of... complexion. Yeah, yeah. I like <laughs> we, to maintain we... it. Oh, sorry. We too share that Rude. here. I'm gonna yeah, turn my it, phone it... onto silent. Oh, someone's not being professional. <laughs> I was on video once interviewed for an E3 thing um, with a whole bunch of people from uh, Destructoid uh, and they were all tanned and everything and I was like some huge ghost <laughs> next to them. Like it was terrifyingly white. Like, like Seamus from WWE white next to everybody else. Um, and so anyway, like, even despite that, I don't get sunburned, but I was out for just a couple drinks. I reckon it's climate change, a uh, oh. couple drinks. And then the next day my head feels weird and I don't know why. And, Jim, and your son, your sunburn is a Chinese hoax. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it wasn't until, um, yeah, it wasn't until I uh, got in the bath the next day. That was it, yeah. Because it was Saturday day. And it was the Friday night where I had the drinks. And so I get in the bath and it was my arms had gotten sunburned. I didn't even notice. But then they lit up red and then that wow. felt familiar. And then I'm like, ah, so that's why my head. And then I looked proper in the mirror at it. With you know, uh, proper mirror lights on, and was like, "Oh yeah, I can see it all red under me head." When you really think about sunburn, it's really kind of scary, because like, it's pretty much the exact same thing is happening to you as like bacon in the oven. Yeah, see, you're literally is, being cooked alive. This is what I was thinking. Is I'm I'm very similar to Jim in that like no sun a sun cream or anything, and I I just don't tend to like get sunburn. Yeah. But, like, the one time as an adult that I've been sunburned, I did have that realisation of, yep, I'm just a piece of meat out in space getting cooked. Mm -hmm. the, yeah. the sun Sizzling. is the oven, I shall fry. It's it's kind of scary when you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially for me drinking wine, like Jimmy Piggy just roasting in the sun, filling himself up yourself. on wine, dehydrating <laughs> and also flavouring the meat. <laughs> Um, Helping the sun to do its job. <laughs> yeah, I bet I was delicious like that Friday. I bet if anyone had if anyone had like hit me in the head with a brick, and then feasted on me in that sun, I reckon they'd have had a lovely Friday supper. I know. Did Friday's either of you when you were when you were kids day, but, get hmm? that? Did either of you when you were kids get that one first really bad sunburn where you learned how bad it can actually be, yes. where your skin starts like flaking off and yeah. peeling and and that your siblings like are time. trying to peel it off your back. Uh, <laughs> that was the last time I ever had sunburn. It was the first and last up until recently. I mean, my, yeah. I might have had little minor spots here and there before, but I've never really noticed it ever until this weekend because yeah. it got a bit in my ear as well, I then found out. That's why I remembered to talk about it on the, the podcast here today because I'm flaking on that. And uh, But yeah, yeah, the, it was when I was 11 in Spain, went to Mallorca. And it got my face, all of my face, 
It's very nasty on the face. Very nasty. Because you've a lot of nerves on your face. And there's a lot of like bits of the face that are constantly moving, so it keeps like moving and stretching around while Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be healing. The face is not a fun place to get sunburned. Yeah. Some sun would be nice though, I I must say. (laughs) Just a little bit of sun would be fucking climate change we, we're, we're in april and we can barely hit like six seven degrees here well we had like snow in march it's been yeah. weird it's been a weird year oh, well, god it damn it china we've we've got all of the summers that you're not having yeah because that that's how it's hit us here is it, it well, puts the warming global warming well it's because they want to turn all the americans red like the color of communism you know well, or, or the shade of MAGA hats. Oh, yeah. Oh. oh, now there's a conspiracy theory we're looking into. There MAGA we are. and communism are both red. Both red. And they're both and the then same they shade of scarlet red. Give everyone sunburns so they're all red in the their communist MAGA hats. <laughs> it's a big red conspiracy. It's a red sunburn conspiracy. And we're all getting cooked. All their gooses are getting cooked. <laughs> Should have said geese, really. Uh, anyway, welcome to Podcast <laughs> I'm your host Jim Sterling, and I'm joined by Laura. Hello, Laura. How are you? I'm I'm all right. Um, I apologise in advance this week if my voice if my voice sounds a bit different on the podcast. My mixing board decided to just completely break, and I'm trying oh, no. to like sort a million other things at the moment. So I'm not sorting the soundboard. So I'm currently using a different microphone. And it's a whole palaver. I don't oh, real. Dear. I didn't realize how many podcasts I do until my mixing board broke and was like, "Oh, this is like eighty percent of my week ruined." Oh no! Are you using an analog one or a, a kind of a digital thing? So what I was using is an analog mic into a USB mixer board. Yeah. Um, but I am currently using just. I'm using a gaming headset to record this episode because (laughs) I got sent like a ludicrously expensive gaming headset to look at for work at some point. And depressingly, that's the best microphone I have that like works in the house right now is a gaming headset one. Wow. Yeah. If you, if you can find yourself like, um, an old school, like analog mixing board, the kind that they would use at gigs and stuff, you can get teeny Mm. tiny little ones with like four or five inputs. Those things are Tanks. Yeah, you, that's, that's I, you can throw them across the room and they're fine. That's you know? <laughs> basically what I've got is a um a four input. You, you, um, you can throw them at the drummer's board. head and they and they're fine afterwards. Well, that's what I thought. But basically, <laughs> tech music things for people that care about audio stuff. This this USB mix board is currently like plugged into my computer by a USB cable. Yeah. All of the the <coughs> dials are turned down to zero. Everything's down to zero. Shouldn't be making any noise. No cables plugged into it, and it's recording a hum, just like a weird electronic hum. And if I try and plug a microphone into it, it sounds like a robot is talking. And I don't quite know what has caused the issue, and I just don't have the time to fix it right now. So. Hooray, thank you, companies that sent me, like, gaming headsets that happen to have okay microphones on them. Like, this <laughs> this little microphone has, like, a, a pop filter on it. I'm like, okay, the, the company that sent me a gaming headset with a pop filter on it, you're the one that's getting used this week. Cool, cool. Well, at least you're with us, so that's something. And also with us is Gavin. How are you, Gavin, today? I'm good. I'm good today. I uh... Can't complain. I feel I feel a little bad that I'm letting Laura down here. I have no expertise to share from my producer knowledge on her hum humming. Oh, uh, humming I, I will come find thingy. you and I'll bring I'll bring the I'll bring this mix board to you and just be like, yeah, fix it. Uh, but yeah, if you can get hold of an old school one with like fucking like XLRs and wires and shit, get one of them. They are tanks. The US well, this, they're better the than the USB is, ones. It's like this this one has like you know, XLR inputs and all that stuff. It just yeah. was let down by the USB cable connecting it to the computer, I suppose. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, should we dear. should we do some video game talk? Yeah. Uh, I'm up for it. I'm interested in video games. You have a parson interest in them. I suppose a li- we, we, yeah. we, we, we like games a bit. Hey, yeah, yeah. All right. What do we want to there's talk about? To do. What do we want to talk about first? Jim, uh, there's one that I know me and you have both played this week. Do we want to talk about yeah. Minute? We can talk about Minute. Yeah, Minute's uh, pretty good. 
minute. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's a cute little thing. So like, I'm I'm not a huge amount of the way into it right now, but like, I guess I would describe it as like, imagine a Game Boy a Game Boy era top down Zelda game, but you've only got sixty seconds before you die. And it's yeah. all very fast-paced. Quick, go do the quest. Go do the thing. Find a thing. And your sixty seconds are up. That sounds yeah. like that sounds like something specifically designed to torture me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, it it transforms it from it's not an action adventure game like The Legend of Zelda, even though like superficially it looks like it. It's a puzzle game, so it's working out where an objective is, going to go and complete it. And then resetting and doing it again. Yeah. So it's it's got this really nice pattern and rhythm to it, and and that's really and and as you accomplish things, you unlock stuff to keep. So you the first simple thing is you pick up a sword, and then whenever you respawn, you've still got the sword in your hand. Um, you can unlock other spawn points. They're all little homes and, yeah. and rooms and things. So you can unlock new places to start from. So you you get this sense of progression, but it's a progression centered around a cycle. Yeah. Um, almost like the Majora's Mask cycle, but heavily, sped up heavily so sped much. Up, yeah. And you die every time instead of just the thing reset. <laughs> but yeah, the whole thing is very sort of like, you have a very limited amount of time. Quickly scout out how far can I get? What items are there that I could conceivably get to? What objectives are there I could conceivably complete? Right, let's work out how I can get to one of the items and use it to complete an objective before the 60 seconds finishes so that I make some progression. It's all about like doing these little loops and finding all... like What's the quickest way to do this thing the game wants me to do? It's an interesting spelling, the title. When you guys typed it in the chat, I was like, what does that... It wasn't until I heard you say it out loud that I realised it was like a, a oh, new yeah, metal yeah. spelling I, of Minute. I M-I-N-I-T. It's like if Fred Durst into... started a band called Minute, that's how it would be spelled. Yeah. like and, Until I started playing, I didn't realise that was the gimmick, even co- with it being called Minute. I was like... The, oh, the G-I-M-I-K. What was that? The G-I-M-I-K. Oh, the G I M I K, or the yeah. the J I M I K. <laughs> that is that is pretty much that spelling. The convention. But yeah, no, it's I'm I'm still working my way through it slowly, and it feels like there's enough options for how to progress that I'm not getting frustrated. Like I'm bashing my head against one problem that I don't know how to get past. Yeah, it's yeah, a surprisingly yeah. cute little game. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's uh, one of those ones I like where it's a good use of a limited amount of space because you're mm. you're going through the same places a lot, but they make sure that you don't feel like you're backtracking all the time or it's too boring. Um, so I'm a big fan of that. I'm a uh, like space conservation, and I'm also a big fan of taking an idea and then seeing how many twists on that idea you can do. Mm. I'm usually in favour of a game that does that than a game that just packs itself with lots of disparate ideas. Um, you know, it's why I like uh, Box Boy and uh, well, yeah. a lot of Howl Laboratory stuff. Is uh, You know, I like those games that take an idea and then just iterate on it, uh, rather than, you know, God knows how many yeah. overly convoluted games. Uh, so, so it's got that nice flavor to it. Just that nice sixty-second cycle of of a basically this Tamagotchi-looking character. The character <laughs> designs are really cute. Um, I really like the the characters in it actually, and the the dialogue. Um, <laughs> the dialogue is is really fast, so you can read it while you're rushing. Except sometimes when a quest is like, I've got to get to this person quickly because they take really long to talk um, that's one of the early early gimmicks but yeah lots of little twists on it uh, it's good 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 stuff I don't know why I yeah. stammered so much to say good there but it's good you just wanted to emphasize how good it was I suppose yeah it's good 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 it's I'm impressed at how much I don't feel like I'm repeating myself while playing it like considering how much of it is die and retry that thing I d- it doesn't feel like forced repetition, which it yeah. could so easily have done with this kind of mechanic going on. It's got yeah, an interesting. It would be um, important not to 
got an interesting visual style. It's like under, yeah, yeah. Undertale by way of Frank Miller. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's got some wonderful character designs, <laughs> but they have that sort of, you know, Spectrum Commodore. Min um, City. Similar to that Undertale thing. Yeah, and then and it's all, you know, black and white and everything. Uh, but yeah, yeah, really good. I like it. It's charming. It it's one of those games that deserve the term charming. Definitely. Like I, I had been so almost ready to just pass over this entirely, and I've been having a lot of fun with it today. So I'm glad I gave yeah. it the time of day. Someone, because um, I did a Jim Impressions video, put it up, um, and someone in the YouTube comments, because you know, there's always some wisdom in there. Um, someone replied with, this looks, I, I forget what the exact comment is, something like, this looks like some soy cuck shit. <laughs> I don't know what, what makes a soy cuck game and why this, like, Zelda what? puzzle game, what, what is soy Jim, cucky Jim, about it? Jim, let me, let me explain to you why this is a soy cuck kind of game. Um, if you boil this this game down to its most simple, it looks kind of a bit maybe sort of like Undertale, and Undertale was a game that like had story where you were meant to feel things, and feelings are gay, and therefore soy cut game. Right. That's that's the logic I think is this looks like that game that did a thing with feelings, therefore soy cut. Right. I say. Well, in this game, like you stab snakes. So yeah, but I don't it looks, know if that'll it make looks, you feel it, better. It looks like that game where you don't kill stuff and that's that's a bit soy cucky. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry about I'm sorry about the soy cuck. <laughs> uh, we need we need to comments. load you up with brain force immediately. Yeah. When 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 did why video games, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, right? It's a it, it it's a good game. And soy is in your energy drinks. Yeah. So that's what I played mostly this week. Uh, yeah, you most of this week were doing playing more Far Cry 5. Yeah, finished the campaign. Uh, I liked it a lot. It's probably the best Far Cry game. As Jim said in his video, it did feel quite iterative. Uh, I didn't like that there's a bug that when you finish the campaign, you can't play anymore. So kind of waiting for that to be fixed right now, because I've lost that a, like that's 30 hours. That's a natural hours. bug. I, bug I mean, like it, it I didn't, stuff. Or... Yeah, I, I got the impression that wasn't a bug. That was a design decision they'd made, no, I it's thought. No, it's a bug. Yeah. Whatever, the, whatever the, the cause of it, you can't go back to the open world after you've yeah. progressed oh, to the end. So like I've seen people saying like... You know, if you want to explore more of this world, don't finish the game yet. Which is a shame because the ending is fucking hilariously over the top and, like, just brilliant. <laughs> the it... ending is so, so stupid and over the top. I just, it's amazing. It's worth seeing. It... I wonder how many people complete, like, these massive Ubisoft games full of stuff. Mm-hmm. And never see that kind of stuff. And I wonder mm-hmm. how much, like, and again, this is like part of what I said in that Jimquisition about like uberfication, um, because when they do story stuff, the 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 linear parts of their open world games, they're spot on and beautiful, and and Far mm-hmm. Cry games often culminate in a big like like and the, just this I, I, this I one in particular, I felt had impressive mission. like set pieces, right. And I just wonder, like, how many people who buy the game, because they often say, like, even games that aren't that massive, the completion rate on them isn't brilliant. So I just wonder how much is lost, how much mm. just doesn't get seen um, with with some of these games. Mm. Um, I'd, I'd actually be interested to see how many people I play think, games I like think, this. I think that's the thing in the, all very long games to be honest well, yeah 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 that's true that's yeah. true but i mean i'm talking like i single out ubisoft here just because um they are so spot on with their story stuff and, and as i said yeah. last week i would love to see them not necessarily take something like far cry and do it yeah. but make some games that aren't just live service things and make games that are linear and and completely story driven um from their big budget triple a studios yeah. you know <laughs> Um, I'd like yeah, to see that. The, but I was going to say, sorry. Oh no, it's just to say because the Far Cry Five campaign is is like the best ridiculous Call of Duty game since Modern Warfare Two, the best like 
two to three hour long, you know? Yeah. Like stupidly over the top campaign. And, I, you know, this is something that I've seen the game get a lot of criticism over and I haven't really been too vocal about this, but I'm okay with the way they did this game. I I think it's fun. I, they went for more of a GTA style approach to to politics and all that stuff. Like there's one mission, I don't know if you guys found it, where you have to help a wannabe Republican senator to gerrymander yeah. a district <laughs> by murdering everyone. And I just thought that was hilarious. See, I think like in terms of its individual missions, there are definitely some missions that feel like they are trying to be direct commentary on like current discourse. Um, in terms of like the larger the larger commentary, like the my big takeaway from the game so far has been that like it's 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 less what I think people expected it to be this game that's like, hey, go go defeat the Trump supporters, which is like kind of what they lent into with the promotion. And it's more sort of Hey, just so you know, extremism can kind of cult- be cultivated in any environment, and yeah. we shouldn't make this assumption that extremists stand for the entirety of a group that they share and a it, name with. Ultimately, it, it's just it a generic does... religious cult that if this had been released five years ago, nobody would have really read too deeply into it, I don't think. Well, the, the game does blatantly make fun of Trump. Like, there's one line yeah. where one of your companions says, is that orange Russian still in charge of the country? And there's another, I found um, a note somewhere about all the frogs being turned gay. And there's a lot of little pokes and, and jabs and funny like, stuff a, in it. But it doesn't... go get the Trump I, pee tape, isn't there? I don't have a problem that I'm not shooting conservatives. Do you know what I mean? I mean, that's no, not I mean, an issue for me. I mean... I, no, I'm no, kind of surprised I, I, that that is an issue for some people that they don't get to shoot all the conservative people, you know? <laughs> the, the impression I get is that ultimately this comes off as a story is like, hey, we usually hear in, in like modern political discourse, it's a lot of fear mongering about Muslim terror, like Muslim extremist terrorists. And it's like, nah, here, here we're going to have Christian extremists and make the point mm. of like, hey, just because some extremists do a thing does not mean that the larger group is like that. Yeah. I, I mean, say, I, yeah. I, I, I went the, in the, expecting the... a Far Cry game, which is to say, I wasn't expecting any insightful political commentary from, yeah. the, you know, the Ubisoft teams. Uh, I was expecting something pretty surface level, and that's pretty much what I got. Yeah, and I, I, the one thing I will say with the story I found a little disappointing was the brainwashing gas, as opposed to religious brainwashing by itself. And yeah. I know it was kind of probably a metaphor, but at the same time, it would have been cool to see if they actually dived a little deeper into how cults do brainwash people yeah. without the need for magic gas and stuff like well, that. Well, I, I got the impression that all th- like all three of the the characters working under the, you know, all of the, the, the three seeds working under the, the main one, uh, Joseph, we're all brainwashing in different ways. Yeah. So there was like, you know, the, the, the yes movement in one region and the, just the, basically the, the war machine survival of the fittest kind yeah. of, yeah. Hot, like war crime. What's well, the four horsemen? Just the war crime it? festival. J- J- um, Jacob was war. Faith was pestilence. John was uh famine and Joseph was death. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, at yeah, least I, in my I, interpretation, I, a, I could I could be completely right. wrong there. But I, I I just felt like they all represented the different. They were all doing it a different way. They they weren't all yeah. just hopped up on uh, bliss and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was just my my read on it. I could I could be wrong. They could all have been, you know, they could have been the source of it all. Um, yeah. Well, they but, certainly but, you know, weren't brainwashed seeing... with the drugs. Those four. But if I don't know, it didn't actually make it clear how many of the actual cult members were all blissed up. Well, I think, I, I don't know, was it just the zombie ones or was it kind of the ones with the guns as well? I don't know. Yeah, so I don't, who knows? Yeah. Those trippy sequences with Faith were really cool as well, actually. She was a good character. She's a, yeah. she's a good... Uh... Antagonist. I liked how you you'll be you'll be like running around with a fucking the field is on fire and there's a bear eating your face off and people shooting you from fifty directions and then she'll just appear next to you doing a cute little dance and talking to you. Yeah, that that actually was pretty good the first time yeah. I saw that. I, that game really does do a lot of stuff and it just uh, it's like I said in my video it, it suffers through 
incremental improvements if it hadn't built been built off a pile of games across yeah. franchises it would have stood out so much more to me i think um but it is still a, a, a good game it's just one that even now i'm kind of other stuff's out and and i'm losing the will same as i did with the origins which again was like oh this is probably the best assassin's creed game i've ever played but i just don't have it in me to to get through them all mm. the way through anymore. Which is fair. Um, and I wonder, because one question I was going to bring up was, similar to how some people would buy Call of Duty games and never touch the campaign and just play the multiplayer, mm. I wonder how many people these days buy Ubisoft games and other similar games and don't bother with the campaign. They just want big worlds to run around in mm. collecting, you know, collectibles and doing little side quests, you know, I taking over probably, all the little bases and stuff. It's probably a large number, and I think that goes for most open world. I mean, how many people do you know who say they've got, like, 400 hours in Skyrim and never even finished the yeah, story? Yeah, yeah. I know, I know as a kid, you know, the, the appeal to playing, like, even the top-down Grand Theft Autos, I, I freedom, could probably it? count on one hand the amount of missions I bothered with, yeah. but the rest well, of it to be was fair, the yeah, missions, just the missions in the old Grand Theft Auto games were absolute frustrating garbage. Uh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, G- GTA Three as well. Like I, as I got older, I cared less and less about. To the point where now I don't do the whole oh let's just get a rocket launcher and go on a rampage. I don't even bother anymore. Um, but as a kid, like yeah, like I the missions I never bothered with even then. So it's it's probably have, still pretty high. The have you two heard the, the GTA 6 rumours, by the way, of this, the little details that are supposed to have come out? Uh, it's apparently... Might me by. This is still very much the rumour stage, but uh, it's right. apparently going to be set in Miami, like Vice City, and one, if not, if one of or the protagonist will be female. Well, yeah, I can't remember where I heard these rumors, but it, it was on a YouTube video. I just can't remember where it where. It, it sounds reasonable. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like something that could happen. It's an inevitability, I would say. Yeah, I, yeah. Maybe not the Miami bit, although I would say that's an inevitability. As well. actually, <laughs> I can't say inevitability now. Uh, that would be an inevitability as well. I would say. Um, would be them going back to a Vice City thing. Sooner or later, it's got to happen. Because everyone fucking loves Vice City. I would love a GTA back in the 80s with some really good good. music on the radio station. I mean, I I wouldn't cross my fingers for the 80s again. Um, But if they did another period one... um, if they did the 80s again, fantastic. I'd be fine with the 90s as well, the, actually. The GTA soundtracks have not been as good since San Andreas and Vice City. They just haven't. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, they had a yellow in, on the in soundtrack In my old fart City. opinion. And GTA 4, actually. So. I actually wasn't crazy about GTA 4's soundtrack. I thought there was a lot of kind of stuff in there that just didn't I like that me. it had Phil Collins on it and, yeah. and the aforementioned DLO on it now yeah. the only two I remember from it actually <laughs> uh, yeah other things other things this week I've been doing Pokemon Go a bunch again this week have because you? it's that, oh, it's, it's that game that I'll never I'll never give it up <laughs> she's off the wagon I know, I know. I, I just can't walk away. I, I, that's just a part of my brain that's never going to give them up. Um, so the thing they did in Pokemon Go this week that, that dragged me back in is they've basically implemented a quest system. So now there are two different types of quests going on at the same time. One of them is field quests, where it's like, hey, every time you go to a Pokestop, here's a quest, and here's what the reward will be. If you do this thing, we'll give you this reward. Go do things. Some of those have been really nice and have, like, encouraged me to play in ways I've not played in a while. Like, go find three Pokestops that you've never interacted with before. That, like, sort of made me go a bit off the beaten track to places I've not been. Um, The other set of them is a set of, like, deliberate, like, set quests in a set order. That ultimately will unlock Mew, which is one of the legendaries they've not put in the game yet. And it's like, hey, go do this list of things. And there's no time limit. Take as long as you want. But when you finish it, you'll you'll get this Pokemon. It's a really cool one. Go get that. Um, the thing that I've been really 
that I think is actually really nice about this is a lot of people jumped out of Pokemon Go because the only way to get legendary Pokemon was to go do raids, which required multiple people in the same physical location at the same time to to complete them. And that was like a big barrier to people who either had like mobility issues or who were in rural areas where they couldn't get enough people together to do raids. Now, if you do seven days, they don't have to be consecutive, of doing quests, you will unlock a chance to get one of those legendaries without having to do a raid, which is, like, hopefully, like, a thing that's going to help people get back into it. It's been really nice for me because now I'm not stressing so much if I miss a raid. Okay, that's fine. I'll just wait until it comes around on the, the quest system and I'll get it then. Yeah, it's just gotten me out playing a lot more Pokemon Go this week. I feel like a big old nerd. I got very excited this week that I finally found a Snorlax, which is the only thing in the original 151 I hadn't found yet. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm filling in my gaps. I'm continuing to play Pokemon. This game has its claws deep into me and it will never let me I mean, go. As, as addictive hobbies go, walking around is a pretty good one. Well, exactly. You know, like the other day when it's, they... it's a healthy one. Yeah, like the other day when they put this quest system in, I went and did a ten-kilometer walk out in the on a like relatively dry day, and it was just mm. a nice excuse to go for a big walk and explore some areas I hadn't been before. And I found out there was a nice sensory garden that's like fifteen minutes from me, and I was like, "Oh, didn't know that was there. That that's cool to know." All the cool. things I find because a video game tells me, you know, go go walk outside, <laughs> go look outside, person, go go find things, go see nice gardens and stuff. Now, is there a VR app that can turn your neighbourhood into a bombed out apocalyptic wasteland? I I I would walk around exploring that. <laughs> um, it's called reality. <laughs> <laughs> it's called ten years from now. Yeah, I know. Like it, it, it's a relatively simple thing, and ultimately the game is still the same core game that it previously was. But it's enough that it got me back into doing some nice lengthy Pokemon walks. I, I I will never escape well, that's this better game's than clutches. <laughs> yeah, like like I've said, it's better than being addicted to pretty much most things that are addictive. So yeah, yeah, having a bit of a walk. I, I I I'm curious. Do you bump into other Pokemon Go players? Oh, now v- very much still. Um, yeah. So for where for for where I'm I'm currently living, I'm living somewhere that has like it's a big enough tourist town that. There, there is like an active raid community still. Like, if I right. if I see that like a raid battle is about to hatch, like uh, you know, twenty minutes away, if I go walk there, I can guarantee I'll bump into seven or eight people without without even like organizing it. There'll be seven or eight people who'll turn up when that that egg's gonna hatch. Um, I'm currently in two different Facebook groups trying to hunt down dittos because we need one for this for a quest in this quest chain. So. Anytime anyone spots one, it's like, okay, there's a ditto at this place, and suddenly everyone like goes and tries to get there before it vanishes. I'm still bumping into people playing Pokemon Go like on a mm. daily basis. That's pretty wild. Which, again, I, I don't know how much of that is down to the fact that I live in a tourist town, but, you know, I, I work in London like one day a week, and I see people walking around London playing it. I, I I see a lot of people playing Pokemon Go still. Like, there's a surprisingly active community still. Nice well, cool. Yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, good for the people still playing it, and uh, I suppose they're doing enough to support it and keep people, you know, on the hook. I suppose. So I have a question. Doing something right. Does Pokemon Go ever put Pokemon's like into some poor bastard's garden? Um. Yes. Oh, yes. Dear. Um. So here's the thing. Rarely will a Pokemon that is like particularly rare and you're never gonna see again will pop up in someone's garden or anything. And even if it did, like, here's, you can only see which Pokemon you can only see a Pokemon is in the area if you're close enough to catch it anyway. So okay. it's not like everyone's going to climb into someone's back garden and then go, ah, that's where this Pokemon is, because you'd have to already be in that garden to know what was in that garden. So unless oh, like okay. that person went on, on Twitter and said, hey, in my garden, there's this Pokemon that everyone's looking for. Come get it. <laughs> then people might go rushing for it. But does that make sense? Does that answer your yeah, question? Yeah, I get you. I get you. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's it's a weird... 
it's a weird game, but I'm still playing. So, yeah. Um, other things this week. Jim, you've been playing that Project Octopath Traveler demo. Yeah, I want it. I want the game like now to have it now, so I can have it now. That's I, what I would like in my life now. I can't believe they've not changed the name of that game yet. Like that sounds like such a placeholder name. Uh, oh no, it's. I think they took the project out. It's Octopath Traveler now. Octopath Traveler still sounds weirdly placeholder. It's a weird name. Yeah. It's a weird name. Octopath is an odd name. Um, I mean, it makes sense, but it, it, so there's what there's I, there's eight characters, and that's the I believe so. Path, I think. Yeah, sounds like a it's Metal the Gear path character. Of eight of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, this good. It's a really good uh, turn-based RPG. For, um, for anyone on the Switch, for anyone who doesn't know this one, like the whole, it, it, you might have seen trailers for it. It's the one that's like a two D sprite-based isometric JRPG, but it also uses like really high definition like visual effects going on and like lots of parallax and things to be. They like... They call it two D HD, is what they call their their little visual yeah, style. It's, I don't know how better to describe it than two D sprites, but also parallax and HD firework effects. It's surreal. It looks it, like it a Game Boy Advance look. game with Vaseline all over it. It looks like it looks like <laughs> someone took Game Boy Advance sprites and dropped them into. I don't know. I don't know how to describe the HD things they do in this game, but it's it's a really interesting visual style. It I'm, I'm joking, by of... the way. It do, it looks very cool. <laughs> it it gives it a weird sort of painted look, even though there's no mm. there are no um none of the kind of what's that game? Dragon's Crown. Oh yeah, yeah. The one that had the hand drawn, beautiful hand drawn visuals. It looks nothing like that, but it has that same dreamy feel to it because of the way the visuals have that like the saying Vaseline sounds derogatory um, but it, there is a blurriness of, let's to call it, it depth of feel then <laughs> yeah but it, it, I like it like like yeah. it does look all Vaseline-y and blurry yeah. but those words are never used in a, a positive context really when we talk about graphics yeah. but I mean them positively for this it gives there's something appealing, but a, a, a little off-putting. No, not off-putting, unsettling. But I like it. It's it, it's odd to me, but but I, I really dig the visual style. Um, the combat is, you know, it's not hugely deep, um, at least in the demo. Um, it's all about using attacks that are, enemies are weak to, to break their guard, to make them more susceptible to other things. And you can stack up attacks... You can power them up, but if you don't power them up for a while, you can use more powerful versions. You know, fairly straightforward. Um, what really is interesting is the fact that a lot of feedback was was given from people who played the demo, and Square Enix are implementing loads of little changes. And some big ones as well, like people complained about it was, it was pretty lengthy and, and torty to get about the world so they're speeding up characters and implementing a fast travel um just adding little quality of life things that that people uh talked about from the demo so seeing them that committed to something um before it comes out is really encouraging It'd be nice to see a game that's got some real love and, yeah. and heart put into it uh the storytelling's really good in it the writing is uh surprisingly uh contemporary mm. and racy uh shall we say uh they don't shy about um the language it's, it's, and and that surprised me it's not the kind of text you would have seen in an in a super nintendo jrpg even if that's kind of not the look. at all it's like no oh no the, this is this is modern somewhat adult themed writing going on i think that's what it was was yeah like like there there's some ex it's it's implied, but the references are explicit. Um, what they're referencing, I should say, what they're alluding to. Uh, it puts up some graphic images in your head, and I'm like, I think what makes it shocking, because, you know, I've played games that are explicit and are graphic. They don't just allude, but it's the fact that it looks like, a, you know, something you'd see on a Super Nintendo. Here's, here's a, it looks here's like a SNES a, JRPG about you going through, like, some medieval yeah. town in the 1800s. Well, it was like I played a game called Squirm recently, which just looked like a, a cute little plinky plonky spectrum platformer, 
And then an NPC talks about how it's going to push my character's head onto a spike slowly so I'll feel it. Um, and your one character is just like, fuck off, you fucking prick, and just stuff like this. And it, it's just this sudden, this shouldn't be here feel. Um, and I think that's what what makes some of the, the dialogue shocking in, in Octopath is mm. it just feels like it shouldn't be there and that just makes it feel a bit more like it's crossing a line. Not in a, you know, oh, I hate this way, but more in a, like, like, oh, this is a bit taboo. This is a bit risque. Um, and I think it's... that's what... Because I know some people have felt it was a bit too much, but I was like, that. it's certainly no worse... Than, than I've seen in many, many games. It's just that we're not used to seeing it in this sort of game. It, it feels a lot like the contrast between the 2D art and the HD effect stuff going on, in that it feels just like mm. a slightly odd, interesting juxtaposition. Like they, they feel like they should clash, but they work. It's like the whole game is sort of high contrast yeah. in that regard. Um but yeah, yeah, I, I really like the I like the dancer character that you can play in the demo mm. where you can uh more or less seduce uh, any number of... Well, not any number, but any... Well, yeah, any number. You can't have them all at once. You can only have one at a time. But you can draw from any number of NPC in the world and have them follow you about. And then you can call on them in battle like a little summon and they'll autonomously do stuff. And yeah. each one will have a special skill. The whole... uh, like you can get a villager and they can speed your character up or, or stuff like that. Or one will yeah. like, recruit a soldier and they'll do an attack and that. The, the, whole, so, yeah. the whole deal is that like all eight of the, the characters that have stories in the game all have different like gimmicks to them. Like there's there's the dancer that can seduce characters. There's a um, some kind of fighting maybe that class. Maybe that's um, why there's so much Vaseline lying around everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, there's like there's some kind of fighter class where you can just like fight your way through problems where it's like, oh, this this guard won't let me through. Oh, the you castle. can no, I'm just gonna fight them. I'll, I'll kill can, them and uh, then I'm going in. Do duels with people. Yeah. I think in I, the world. I think one of them, one of the characters, can like bribe their way through the world, and like they all just have these different interesting mechanics of how to get past problems. And that that's what excited me is because I I get very excited about really deep games on handhelds mm. um, because they're just so suited for that because I I feel like I can multitask if I'm doing like grindy things or, or getting into complex things and mm. that, that suits my, my erratic brain. Um, and so seeing just the these eight characters with these varied abilities and their own stories and there's just so much meat on the bones of this one uh, that, that I I love the fact it's, it's going to be on the Switch. Uh, so... Yeah, I think it's June. I think it's yeah, June. It's, it's June or July. I always mix those months up, but I think it's June. It's it somewhere around enough. E3 time, I think. So I'm I'm excited for that one. I played a little bit yeah. of the demo, and I've I've tried not to look at it too much more because I'm like I, I just want to see this game when it's out now. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. I I think I'd like maybe the the color palette to be a bit more varied. It's a, um, it's a little just bit brown, isn't it? <laughs> Very brown, and it just it feels like it. it it's not harnessing that visual style so much. Or maybe too many colours would, would make it look a bit too garish with that style, who knows. But right now, from at least what the demo showed, it it looks a bit drab. It looks a bit... And that's not an, a huge yeah. problem, but... It, it's not enough of a problem to put me off of the game, the fact that it looks no, a bit brown. Um, I mean, it out of everything I've played this year so far... Um, even though I've only played the demo of it, that looks like it's got some potential Jimquisition Award material. Because I'm always thinking about those throughout the year. Because mm. I like, I love year-end wrap-up stuff. It's my favourite thing. So I'm always thinking about that. That so far looks like the biggest thing on my radar in terms of stuff coming out uh, and stuff I've played this year. That is the biggest uh, uh, radar ping for me. Yeah. So I'm all in on that. All in on uh, Octopath. And and it, I'm annoyed I didn't jump on the demo sooner. Yeah, it, it's a decent demo. Um, I've just realised there's a game I've not talked at all about this week that I played that I should probably talk about. So I can talk about now the fact that I've played the PS4 Pro version of Dark Souls Remastered. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to try and keep this like as short and simple as I can. If you if what you've played before is the console versions, this is a better console version. It looks better in most cases. If you've played on PC before, uh, this 
does like this is this is remastered old assets. This is not new assets. It's not gonna blow you away as like this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Yeah, and you probably already modded the old one to be yeah, better like, and, and everything anyway. It, it kind of felt like playing the PC Dark uh, Dark Souls with DS fix on a console at points. Yeah. What what I will say is concerning is that um I was playing this the, I I played the demo on the PS4 Pro so like probably the like one of the the better console versions you're going to play and they were very very direct about where they would and would not let us explore and this is like a month out from launch they were like hey so when you get to that first firelink shrine go up to the undead burg don't go down no no don't go down towards blight town no <laughs> like <laughs> it, 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 it felt very much like they were explicitly like trying i wonder to laura i wonder from... why they framed your experience that way uh I, I, I worry that they think I was going to rate it quite lowly after <laughs> after they framed it that that way. Yeah, it it felt like mm. they were trying to shepherd me away. It, from almost Town. like they didn't want you to drop into Blight Town. <laughs> All right, these jokes are getting a bit choppy now. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, they're start they're starting to be. Yeah, no, I couldn't even think of anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, I I will say like there are some bits that like I can say perform better than they did before. Like, when you go up into the Undead Burg, if you sort of, like, make the dragon do a bunch of fire, the fire effects don't cause massive slowdown like they used to, so that seems right. to be better. Um, there's a few areas that, like, particularly at the beginning, that are just, like, weirdly low resolution that don't don't make a good first impression for this game. Like, the first two things you do in, in Dark Souls Remastered are create your character and watch the opening cutscene, that cutscene has not been remastered. It's still like PS3 oh, resolution, common, yeah. which is not, you know, it's probably a pre-rendered thing that they couldn't the, up-res, yeah. but whatever. And it always, it's always a shame when they have the pre-rendered cutscenes in remasters, because it will always give you a bad first impression yeah. well, see, this, of, of a remaster. This is the thing: is the first two things you see in the remaster are this un unremastered cutscene and the character creator, which seems to use a really low resolution model of the player character it's a oh, very right. weird janky like it it looks like the very first release of the original game character uh, creator model as, to be oh, fair I've, as, I've... as do some of the textures in the game yeah so like, i realized something what did you not realize? to interject too much but i want to play this on the nintendo switch when it comes out <laughs> and that means nintendo switch blight town so oh his, his Nintendo Switch Blight Town, which, by the way, is going to be the title of this episode, <laughs> so people realise what's happening. So here is here is what I can say right now. I'm I'm limited in what I can currently say. The fact that even on a PS4 Pro, they seemed reluctant to let me look at mm. how Blight Town runs. <laughs> That's what made just, me think. Yeah. Just you can draw your own conclusions from that pause I put after that. Ooh, and no. hopefully in the near future I will be able to say something Nintendo more, but Switch for now... All of, mm. all, of, all of this stuff aside, the game is an absolute buy for me for the sole reason of getting to play that Soul game reason. while it's heavily populated, because I yeah. never got, I so never got that experience. So other things very quickly that I didn't get to experience when I, I tried this out. They've upgraded the multiplayer to six players at once. Didn't yeah. get to see that. Um, I will say there are still... like It's really nice playing this on console at 60 FPS. It's for the most part locked at 60. There were a couple of minor slowdowns still in like fighting the Asylum Demon and things. It wasn't... What, what, what were you on, Laura? Sorry? Uh, what, which... P PS4 Pro. PS4. So... Oh, wow. it, it wasn't enough of a problem that like it it took away from the fact that it was playing at 60 fps that was still like this is at 60 that's great that's a real improvement yeah but like those little dips and those struggles are still there i'm concerned at like how is this going to run on a not pro ps4 i don't know how's this going to mm. run on the switch i would, I would Nintendo say, switch asylum demon i would say so i'm pretty confident the pc version will be the one to get but people who listen to this podcast are still giving me shit that i said that about arkham knight so i'll i'll hold I, that opinion for now <laughs> here's the thing like for, for all of my little quibbles i don't think it makes a great first impression visually but when you actually get into yeah. it on a console pretty much 60 fps the lighting effects mm. do make a nice difference 
it mm. does look a lot better. You still have weird caveats like if you start climbing up towards the undead berg and then look down at that firelink shrine from the beginning, mm. a lot of the detail just is gone because it does heavy blurring and like pop in yeah. at distances, which is like it's all these weird caveats, but it's still the best performing and looking console version of the original Dark Souls. And si- 60 will make a... Ma- like, people who've yeah. only played it on console and now play it in 60, you will feel the difference. Yeah. You absolutely and will. Th- there are a couple yeah. of minor quality of life improvements as well. Like, you can now swap the... You can do some minor key remapping so that you can put the jump on L3 like it is in the later games. Yeah. Um, and you, you know... can pop multiple souls at once rather than having to, like, pop a soul, watch the animation, do the next one, watch the animation. Oh, that's good. Like, Visually... There's a few minimal changes. Visually, um, one was always my favorite in the series, looks-wise anyway, because the, yeah. it had a more varied color palette. It had lots of very deep greens and blues and 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 reds, whilst I felt like um, the other games felt very much more gray. Gray, brown, and red were kind of the colors, and it's going to be nice mm. to see those in a slightly better lit condition. Yeah. I His... his... The only other thing I'll say about this remaster, I guess, is Dark Souls Remastered on the Switch is going to be playable at PAX East. Just just look out for what people are saying around PAX East if you want to know how Blight that's going to run. Just See if you can get to Blight Town. So, Nintendo Switch Blight Town. <laughs> Nintendo Switch Blight Town. Yeah. 2018. I, I've, I very much tried my best to be like, can I get a sneaky look at Blight Town on the PS4? He's like, no, no, you go, you go into the Undead Burg. That's where you're going. Don't, don't go down, don't go down the stairs, please. Oh man, and Dark Root Garden's going to be an absolute pain in the yeah. arse as well, with, with lots of players online. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's okay. I really, I would like the Switch version to be okay. I. I love Dark Souls so much. It, have I ever said that? Have we ever mentioned that on this podcast that we I like don't know that if we game? Have. I really like the world. I I am privileged. I am privileged to be alive in a time where Dark Souls has been made. If if it if it runs if, if it runs on the Switch at seven twenty. Sorry, I, I I ambushed myself with my own hyperbole. That was amazing. If, if 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 it runs 720p 30 frames a second on Switch, I'll I'll be happy with that port. Like, oh I, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, get it I to just run. want a way to easily play Dark Souls on the go. That'd be nice. I want to play it on a bus. Actually, I don't like. I, I haven't been on a bus in a thousand years. <laughs> I play it on a plane. I've been on a plane before. Yeah, I'll play it on trains. I have to do a commute oh, on trains. Yeah, it's a nice train game. I've been on trains. I don't think I could possibly even attempt to play Dark Souls on the fucking Joy Cons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else that that's worth bringing up this week? Let's have a look. I think that's everything. Oh, there was um, there was oh. new Spider-Man news. It's out on September seventh. Yep. And, and that new gameplay looks pretty cool. Yeah, it it looks good in all those trailers still. Like mm-hmm. I I'm I'm waiting for people to get their hands on with it and say is the web slinging good. Also, I watched some footage from God of War and I wasn't hyped at all for that game, but having seen some of the footage now I'm kind of like, "Oh, this looks very promising." I'm I'm very excited for that still. Like it's it's really getting my attention that got a war mm. game really looking forward to it yeah this- i've had a lot of people not too fond of the well i've seen a lot of people not too fond of the whole idea of it and being all oh kratos shouldn't be near children um but i don't know i just i don't get it you never know that might be the whole point of the story so well you know it's probably the same people who uh complained about certain characters in uh the recent Star Wars films, as if characterization doesn't happen, as if people are static and are the same way forever. Um, and when no, if, if oh, I no, was no, the no, same no, person I was even three years ago, <laughs> I'd be unhappy with myself right uh, now. <laughs> oh no, the character changed. That they're, they're not the same person if, they once were. This SJW. If I can stop going on angry, drunken Twitter rants, Kratos can stop ripping his children's heads off. Yeah, <laughs> like eat. He- He's probably mellowed out 
add a lot more soy in his diet. Like, that's how it works <laughs> now, it. isn't it? God of soy. <laughs> <laughs> He's been feminized by the leftist media. <laughs> oh, God. Well, now I've got an, a decision to make when it comes to naming things today. Oh, oh dear. So... Oh, is it, you know, the thing I'm most excited... And I probably shouldn't call it that because people will think this is a, some sort of weird Alex Jones podcast <laughs> or something. The, the thing this month I'm still most excited about is is Nintendo Labo. I want to make cardboard stuff for my Switch. I'm st- that's oh, like, God. That's like I, two Am I the only away. one who cannot hear that without immediately thinking of vaginas? Yeah, I... Think I we've, so we've done this... <laughs> I think we've gone down this path before, yes. Yeah. Is that a bit Freudian we, we or is that a, a, a kind of a normal Labo. thing? <laughs> uh, get, get right between them Labos. Uh, <laughs> We're yeah. all going to be playing with flaps. Uh, Folding flaps. It's it's like two weeks away and like I'm I'm in a predicament where like I'm gonna have to package up a bunch of my stuff later this month and I'm like I want to make the cardboard toys straight away when they come out, but also I should probably wait like two weeks and then make them where, when I'm in the other place. And I'm, I'm grumble grumble because I want to make the cardboard toys. And you're probably going to get it. You're probably going to get it like in two weeks. Yeah. I'm go- I might get one. I'm, I'm curious. Like I'm not super excited about Labo. Like I don't think I'm in the target demo. I don't think that's my kind of thing. Yeah, me too. But... I am curious about it enough to maybe get one of the little ones. Like, just get, like, the piano one or, like, if that's part of a set or whatever. Like, like the little mm-hmm. small-scale one, yeah. just to have a tinker with it. Just to, put, put us in the, the gimmick of it interests me. You can put, it in the, put us in the not interested but also not cynical camp. <laughs> I am in the excited camp because I like yeah. very slowly, meticulously building things. Like, I like making yeah. Gundam yeah. model kits and things, so I'm like... Yeah, I, I will take Laura, any excuse did, to put things together. Thinking of that, did you um get addicted to the uh, Fallout Four settlement building? I um, I put I put I think like I put about hundred and fifty hours into that. So <laughs> I didn't, but not because it wasn't the kind of thing that would get me addictive. I actively like didn't do too much with it because I knew okay. if I got really yeah, into it, yeah. like that would be a rabbit hole I'd go down. So I was like, I'll just keep my safe distance. Yeah, I should uh, make a video with some of my settlements. Actually, they're <laughs> actual gigantic fortresses. <laughs> oh, there was a bit of gaming news that happened this week that's just been making me chuckle a bit. Yeah. Um, so you know, like a while ago, I was talking about like, hey, Spyro's getting a remaster. Um, this week, yeah. a bunch of gaming outlets got sent like these mysterious purple dragon eggs from Activision. And it's like, oh, they and like they had a, a name on them that was a Twitter account that links to the Spyro the Dragon Twitter, and everyone's like, hmm, I wonder if this is to do with Spyro, maybe. Like everyone's very, very maybe this is Spyro. It's like it's fucking Spyro. It's a purple dragon's egg from Activision. What else is it gonna be? Yeah. It's it's been making me chuckle how many like places... Modern Warfare Two remastered. It's been making with me... its famous purple dragon egg yeah, level. It's just, it's just making me laugh how many places are being so cagey about like, hmm, we got sent a purple egg that's about I to remember... hatch by by Activision. I wonder what it could be. I remember that level in Modern Warfare Two actually. What, it, was the... no dr... no, it was called no. It was it was called it was called No Draconian, and. <laughs> And you go around with a hammer smashing up dragon eggs while Spyro watches. Uh, <laughs> so I've I've just been laughing at this, just being like, yeah, yeah, there we go. That's that thing I was saying. Spyro's coming back. I'm excited to replay those Spyro games. I remember quite. I'll tell you them. what. I'm cynical as fuck about this until I'm until I see evidence to the contrary that I shouldn't be cynical because of Activision's track record with remasters because and I and I'm duty bound. I inflicted this duty upon myself. <laughs> Heavy is the crown I wear. Um to remind people about this every single time. Activision Blizzard remastered Modern Warfare. Activision Blizzard uh, released the Modern Warfare Remastered with microtransactions. Activision Blizzard released it without the DLC, despite every other remaster doing 
remasters with the DLC. They released it without all the maps from the original game. uh, Activision Blizzard released Modern Warfare Remastered without the maps. Activision Blizzard resold the remastered maps at a price hike. Activision Blizzard can fuck itself with a stick of its own cold shit. Activision Blizzard, outside (laughs) of those ones, released um, things masquerading as remasters, but were just... Like rubbish upscaled ports, like what they did with um, uh, the uh, the prototype games. They did it there. The Crash Remaster they, was alright. I believe they were the ones with the. Well, that was like half and half a remake. So if they go along that road, that's fine. But as, I'm just duty bound to talk <laughs> about Activision's so, track fucking record as, here. As I understand it, the Crash Remaster is very much the template for what they're doing with Spyro. Of like remaking most of the assets. Absolutely. If that if they go that route, <laughs> then that's fine. But I will always be cynical until proven otherwise because of how low Activision has sunk. That is because very of fair. <laughs> the depths it is willing to go. This fucking, I, I think they were the, responsible for the the Marvel, was it the Ultimate Alliance ones that were just utter shite, mm. released in a complete state, because they they don't fucking care. Activision Blizzard, they have no fucking care or attention or passion for anything. They are just a machine full of shite. And with that, but is that I would like Spyro did it, to be did good. It, I think I think Jim thought he was recording a Jim position there. <laughs> is that a good place for us to wrap up now that I'm you've always you've, you've gotten that out position. your gotten that out your system? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was writing a Jim position, or at least I, I take notes. I was doing it half and half on my phone. I'm always when we talk about games, I always think about stuff, so I make little notes so I remember stuff, and that sometimes gets me a bit fired up. <laughs> Um, while we're talking as well Um, so it's good, sometimes it's good to take notes on your phone Uh, and on that note on that piece of life that life hack uh, I leave you in the hands of Laura to tell us how we can see hear, experience breathe more of her work on the internet Uh, more of my work on the internet. You can find me Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 at kotaku.co.uk. You can also find me on Twitter and YouTube at Laura K. Buzz. Uh, you can find me on Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons & Dragons real play podcast that I do. You can find me on Queer and Pleasant Strangers. And there's a big thing you can find me on this week that you should totally go check out. There is a dating sim that got released this week called Paranormal, which you, uh, you yes. can find on Itch.io. Um, it... If you go to itch.io and search for Paranormal, you'll find it. Basically, it is the first chapter of a dating sim set in a school where there is a weird paranormalist investigation club and all mysterious things are happening. But also, one of the characters you can date is me. And that's a weird thing that happened this week. So go go date the, the, the nerdy, awkward, blue-haired character Laura in Paranormal. And yeah, like the, the first chapter of that is up now. It's available pay what you want um more chapters of it are being released throughout this year it does some really nice stuff with um animated character art with investigation mechanics throughout it like it does things that i've not seen done in other visual novel games go check out paranormal it's really cool and i'm in it so go look at it brilliant if if, if you're um, not sold i did a 30 minute video about it so go to youtube slash laura k buzz and look at my paranormal video where i i go through like half an hour of it and go hey look this is quite cool get it excellent the artwork in that game is really nice i really like the i love the the work they did with you the 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 portrait they did of you is fantastic yeah, the, the, the the person who th- did the art and the writing tess uh is on twitter and patreon at chic monster and they do really good work Fantastic stuff. And speaking of art, Gavin uh, is an artiste and he does music, what you can listen to on the internet. And how can we do that, Gavin? You can find me at Miracle of Sound on YouTube. You can find me at Miracle of Sound on Twitter to hear my rantings. And you can support me on Patreon by searching for Miracle of Sound. And please do, because it's nice to be able to do this as a job. And my latest song is based off Far Cry 5, and it's from the perspective of the father, 
and it's been doing really well. And apparently it's so convincing that a couple of people got annoyed with me because they thought it was legitimately an obnoxious, ranty, preachy Christian song. <laughs> I knew you were worried about that. Yeah, I was. And my up. worries yeah. didn't, 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 were, were a little bit worrying over nothing because it was only two or three people, but still. There's always going to be someone. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, well, not cool. People got upset, but cool that the song went well. Um, that'll do it. The, gir- do the girl it. who plays Jess in the game really likes it. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, she told me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Which is cool because Jess is my favourite side character in the game. <laughs> Nice one. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, this weekend, uh, if any of you uh, can get to or in around the Jackson area, um, Stardust Silver Age begins. And <sighs> as his little silver surfer, that's what I'm here to herald. So be on the lookout for that. The hideaway in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh Shaky McMullen, the big loser, has been missing since the last event. Um, they just found his phone. Uh, we reckon he just went home crying. But he's out the picture. He ain't a problem anymore. So it's time to unveil the real winner of the Stir Search, the champion who shall represent Stirdust in all of his glories as the Silver Rage unveils itself before thee. So that'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, my client, Stardust, absolutely is looking forward to it. He thinks it's going to be a wonderful time. So uh, if you can get there, I'd go there. And and just keep an eye out in general because shit's going to be wild. Shit's going to be f- pretty fucking wild in 2018 uh, down this way. So you might want to... I know some people have been talking about maybe making a trip down here. Uh, there might be some stuff worth it, worth, worth coming down for. Uh, so So that'll be that. And until then... We'll just see you next week for more of this. Bye. Bye. Bye.